This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It falls to Ely on the volley! What a finish! Gotti Kinda has struck! It falls to Polito and he puts it in! To Johnny Russell, first time shot! And Johnny Russell has a hat trick! The Sporting KC Show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer with only 95 calories and 2.6 carbs. Michelob Ultra. Find your fit. Now your host, Nate Buchanan. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer Sports Radio 810 WHB in our plush multimedia studios at the Sports Radio 810 WHB Union Broadcasting Metroplex. We have cameras. We have product placement from Michelob Ultra <laughs> as uh, Michelob Ultra is the presenting sponsor of our show only worth it if you enjoy it i've got ali trost here i've got connell mccourt here guys what's up how are you ali i'm doing well it's uh you know i think we're getting closer gary lezak didn't give me a straight answer that i was looking for this morning on the border patrol but i think we're almost got the rain behind us i hope what are we 11 days that's a veteran bringing up the show that i work on every morning right there ali trost she knows what she's doing a man <laughs> who once interned on for said border patrol connell mccourt how are you man i'm good man i'm just hopping out to see the rain like ali you know it's been a while so belfast is this belfast weather does it rain this much in belfast it's in the spring strange, but it actually makes me feel homesick the amount yeah of yeah rain because it uh, yeah it doesn't stop raining back home so i kind of get used to being over here and the better weather so so i've never been to belfast but i've been to scotland as you know and been to glasgow and place it's right across the water Mm -hmm. and my memory was even in june it was cold and rainy Mm -hmm. and so anytime we have days like that here where it's kind of cold and that misty wind uh i always turn to my wife go this is scotland weather right here same thing same thing in in belfast pretty much exact same yeah because i mean both it's coming off the coast you know the wind and stuff yeah Yeah, it's cold, right. but sure. And honestly, see when it gets to like 70 degrees, you get people walking about with their shirts off. And <laughs> hilarious. Like, you know, people with their shirts off in Belfast when it's 70 degrees out. I, I'd like to see that someday. <laughs> hey, we have a busy show for you coming up. A guy who knows cold and rainy weather because he grew up in Denmark. Jimmy Nielsen is going to join us on the show in the next segment because if you haven't heard the news, he was announced earlier this week as the next sporting legend. He, of course is a legend. I mean, you know, that's how you introduce him when you talk to me. This is a sporting legend right here. Jimmy Nielsen, one of the all-time great goalkeepers in MLS, and of course his uh, his run with four trophies in a short period of time with Sporting Kansas City. Um, he is going to uh, be inducted into the the Wall of Honor, you know, the, the Legends Wall, um, and he is going to, uh, that's going to happen on June 23rd when Sporting Kansas City hosts the Colorado Rapids uh, at Children's Mercy Park. So, we're going to talk with Jimmy Nielsen. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to recap a 3-1 win over the San Jose Quakes this past weekend. We'll preview the next matchup, full capacity on Saturday night when Sporting takes on the Houston Dynamo in a rematch game. And we're going to talk a little uh, U.S. men's national team as well as the roster from Greg Berhalter just came out. Also, by the way, Alan Polito being named to the uh, Mexican national team for the nation's Cup as well. So we've got a lot of issues to, to talk about, guys. Let's jump right into it. Um, Sporting Kansas City 3, San Jose Earthquakes 1. Connell, I'll start with you. Sporting fall behind early in the game, but after that point, they outscore the Earthquakes. They've grabbed nine points from a trailing position already in 2021. What was your biggest takeaway from the game? Well, it shows character, the fact that they've came from behind. You know, obviously, a lot of times last season, we didn't really see that coming. So Obviously, it shows that they've progressed as a team, but the thing I took away from the game, that's a very good win out in San Jose. I don't think many people are going to go there this year and take three points off them. The difference, I thought, was quality, just in and around the box. We had Polito, and they didn't really have anyone. I mean, obviously, we had Shallowy playing very well. We had a lot of p- players chipping in, but San Jose had chances. Yeah, they I remember, did. I mean... Just one springs to main Andy Rios, the header, and he just couldn't connect, and it went wide. Mm-hmm. So they did have their chances, but when the chances failed, the sporting quality kind of shone through. Daniel's finish, Polito's finish, and, I mean, you pay the, this big money for these DPs, and this is why, because well, they provide that cutting edge that sometimes wins these games. That's a great point, because that that's what was missing. That's why they went out and they spent on all, and Polito was for games like that where the chances are there 
you got to put some of them away. His best finish might have been the one that got <sighs> wiped out because of the offside right, flag, right? right? But just just to back up your point, um, I do think Sporting had the better of the chances in the yeah. game, but Cade Cowell had a good chance, and it was a really good save by Amelia, but you know, a more clinical finisher maybe puts it in the corner instead of toward the corner, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Wondolowski had his opportunity, and you don't see him miss very often right. from that situation, but he did, so Sporting got the win. Allie, what did you take away from the game? I'm going to go opposite uh, the attack and just the way that the offense performed for sporting was probably the best this season that that game shows you when you get the ball on Alan Polito's foot and you get him in dangerous positions time and time again he's going to create Jalen Lindsay's goal we can't forget about that one just fantastic opens mm-hmm. up his scoring uh, uh his score sheet in MLS so congrats to uh young Jalen because that was just a beautiful goal and a much needed one at that point in the game and so the defense for me, I, I'll, I'll admit, I was a little worried about that back line um, with Cave Rad, Elie Sanchez anchoring anchoring the middle of that back line. Hadn't really, you know, seen much of, of Elie in that role yet. Kind of had a lot of question marks. How is this back line that we were not, this is not a back line I would have ever put together for you. I can tell you that much. How is it going to look? And it exceeded my expectations. May have been Jalen Lindsay's best performance of his young career. Cave Rad, Elie Sanchez was conducting a symphony back there. He was keeping things so organized. And just, I thought the entire defense, while San Jose did have some really good quality chances and, and maybe Sporting did get a little lucky at times, sometimes you just got to, you know, make sure that you capitalize on when you do get lucky. And they didn't give away any soft chances, which I think is the biggest thing when you want to put teams away. They finished in the attack and then they didn't concede any soft chances outside of, you know, just some miscommunication perhaps on that that early set piece goal that they had off the corner kick, which was, was just a really well executed yeah, uh, yeah. play by, by San Jose. I so, just tip my cap on that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean. Straight off the training ground, like you could see. Yeah. And then the more I watched it back, you could see they were always planning it. They were leaving oh, yeah. him isolated yeah. out, letting everybody else push in and then, and it worked well. It was a great finish, too. Yeah. So I, I think those are both great shouts. And, uh, you know, I would – let's underscore for, for Jalen Lindsay what a moment that is. You know, yeah. to, to get your first professional goal. Took it well, too, didn't Oh, it? man. I mean, it, you talk about – That's not an easy goal, no, by no. the way. Like, that's one that it – you know, by all accounts, it's like, oh, you got to score those. And you do have to score those. But it doesn't mean it's any easier to do it. And he just made it – you saw that confidence that, that he has continued to develop over the last – couple of seasons and, and that was just a fantastic moment well what led to it the the work by Alan Polito he had just lost the ball mm-hmm. and sometimes you will see high-priced strikers lose the ball and put their head down and loaf and walk and let the other the rest of the team do the work to win it back for him and then try to get himself in a position to score again he lost the ball and he immediately went to work to get it back he got it back and just made a beautiful pass I mean it was just a peach of a ball but to back up your point about the the difficulty of the finish, that might have been the most clinical out of all of them because he's going full speed at a 30-yard run with Cade Cowell on his Cade back. Cade Cowell right on his back and a goalkeeper mm-hmm. closing him down. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and he, the presence of mind to take a touch, the calmness to take a touch. A lot of guys will snatch at that opportunity right away inside the penalty area, and he didn't do it. And, and then he went out and he backed it up with a good defensive performance throughout mm-hmm. the course of the game as well. So I, I do want to make that point. And, and, and Kaveh Rod coming in, not having worked with Elie as a starter in a real game to be able to do what he did, I thought was impressive as well. Um, for me, I think one of the things that stood out in this game was something, you know, Jacob and I were talking before the broadcast about how you have to be able to attack San Jose. And I do think that one of the beautiful things about the sport of soccer is if you're going to go out and have a really good season you have to be able to win against different teams and different styles. Some teams are going to come in. Hey, can you win on a rainy night in Stoke, as the old mm-hmm. line goes? You know, <laughs> right. can you go win on in an away game where the other team parks the bus in front of you? Can you go win a game where they're just kicking the heck out of you and and maybe trying to conquer things up a little bit? Then can you go win a game in San Jose when they play like nobody else? Do you guys remember there was a point in the game where? where Jacob and I were talking about the fact that Alan Polito checked all the way back into the defensive half of Sporting Kansas City to receive the ball, and the center back, Florian Youngworth, has gone all the way 70 yards up the Mm -hmm. field. Mm -hmm. He's right in his back pocket, and that's the way they play. And one of the ways that Sporting, the the teams that that beat them um, earlier this season, they did it in a different way than Sporting. They did it by bunkering in a little bit Mm -hmm. more, getting San Jose to come forward, and then hitting them on the counterattack. 
And we wondered if we might see that from sporting a little bit. And instead, what we saw was the other way, you know, I, I have a, an extensive basketball background in my life, so I equate a lot of things to basketball. But sometimes when you play pressure, if you think you have the athletes, you know, some teams when you're getting pressed, well, we don't have as, the good, as good athletes as them. we got to slow the game down and take mm-hmm. the air out of the ball. But when you think you got the horses to run, you say, yeah, go ahead and press us, and we'll run you out of the gym, mm-hmm. and we'll put up 150 points on you. And it seemed to me like Sporting said, okay, go ahead and press us. Good luck trying to stay in front of Gotti Kinda. Yep. Good luck trying to stay in front of Gianluca Busio. These guys were turning their defenders, and they were – how many times did you see one of those guys making a 40-yard run with the ball at their foot? Because once they got past their man – that was it. It was acres of space, right? And they went after it. And that was credit to Jalen as well, because obviously, look, they, they obviously go over the game plan for every different game, and they know that Sport or San Jose play man to man. So obviously, Polito wins the ball back, and Jalen's thinking he's not following me all the way back. You know, <laughs> I, I have a two yeah. second runner. Yeah. And credit to him, he made the run. Polito finds him, and Cade Cowell's kind of left in the shadows. It's just it's presence of mind, and it shows. I mean, it shows his maturity and willingness to stick to the game plan. And is your ex sporting kind of done a job on them? Kind of let yeah. them suck them in, and then yeah, we'll run you out of the gym and we'll get the ball to our good players and then around the box, and it worked. Well, and that's you know a credit to Sporting's players as well because they were covering so much ground. I mean. Jacob talked about it before the game that what was going to be really important for Sporting in that match was to match them physically and with the, the same mm. intensity, and that is exactly what they did. I don't think you can overstate just how crucial Alan Polito is when he is on the field, and not not just for what he does in and around the box. Obviously, that's great, but the way that he creates and the and the way that he works mm-hmm. is something that is that you don't see with other number nines across this league. Like you said. The, the, the play that set up Jalen Lindsay's goal came as a result of Alan Polito working really hard and doing things that typic- like typical number nines just do not do. And John Lucabusio, while he may not be popping up on the stat sheet playing at the six game after game, is everywhere. Is everywhere. And, and I think what we're starting to see as this team, you know, we've seen different lineups for a, ver- a variety of reasons, whether it's injury, load management. Alan Polito is looking like he's getting back to form. He is a pillar of this team when he is on the field. Elie Sanchez at center back has been a pleasant surprise, and is whether or not Sporting keeps, you know, Vermees wants to keep him there going forward. It's a one hell of an option that they've got. <laughs> John Luca Busio playing maybe better at the six than we've even seen him at the ten or the nine. But the fact that he's so versatile and is still so quality when he plays in any of those roles. This team is is proving that they can win games and they can do really awesome stuff on the field with a number of different combinations of players and that depth. I I know we've talked about it before with this team, and I know we talked about it last year, but that depth is what's going to be so important to carry them through a long MLS season. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I I was going to make a point about about Daniel Shallowy as well. Jacob, um, we keep we, we keep stat. mentioning yeah we keep mentioning Jacob Jacob Peterson um, has been diving into some of the statistics on the work rate of some of these guys. What do you have for us? So yeah, Jacob shared with us that uh, Shallowy had the fourth highest high intensity running number. I think I, I don't remember if that was for the season or the game, but just goes to show that he is he's working in his the, tail the, off on the team or in the league. I believe no, I, in the league. I think it was in the league yeah. too. So we'll have to we'll have him fact check us. But I was trying to get all that stuff down because I mean, <laughs> but really the numbers do show. I mean, Kyrie Shelton, uh, second most sprints of anyone on the team, and you know in that game, distance covered. Busio, he's just all over. I mean, this team is is working extremely hard, and sometimes that's that's kind of hard to see when you're just watching the game. I'm going to give you a, a little program tease there. Then uh, tune into the pregame show at seven o'clock on Saturday on Valley Sports Kansas City because Jacob Peterson is going to do an entire breakdown yeah. on the work rate that those guys put in. But I think it is, it is important because, you know, you can learn things from a loss. We talk about that all the time, but you can also learn things from a win. And there are certain guys that are putting out performances that maybe we haven't seen before. We've heard the phrase over and over again that Gianluca Busio has taken his game not just up one level, but maybe three or four levels. And Graham Zussi is one, pe- one of the many people that has said that to us. Obviously, the production by Daniel Shallowy is through the roof compared to what we've seen the last two years when he was stuck in a malaise. Um, Andre Ufantas is doing things on the field right now that we hadn't seen him do yet in a sporting shirt, even though he didn't play in this last game. And so I think it's instructive. Okay, well, why? What, what are these guys doing? And when you hear that from Daniel Shallowy, Peter Vermees has been telling us his off-the-ball movement has been spectacular so far this year. 
I don't, in my mind's eye, think of Daniel Shallowy as this guy making these lung-busting runs up and down the field because he's kind of got this lanky, fluid, um, striding you know, motion about him. Sort of lethargic. Yeah, sort of that's what look, it yeah. looks like, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes your eyes can be deceiving. Same thing with Busio. Busio sometimes gets accused of floating through a game, and then you see the numbers and go, he covered more. he's covering more ground than just about anybody in the league right now and how many times was he tracking into the penalty area to make blocks or intercept passes yes in this game that also impressed me when when I was talking about you know the defensive performance they did a number of times whether it was Elie or Busio I mean everyone tracking back defending hard and and intercepting what could have been you know like and those are the worst goals that happen right like when the ball just kind of gets lobbed in and it takes a weird bounce and just it it Falls to the wrong, the, the last the person secondary that, break, and yeah. you know the last person's foot that you want it to be on, and they just kind of slot it in. And, and I feel like those are sometimes goals that we've seen sporting. You know, they get caught in those bad moments. Vermees will talk about you know the the elementary kind of routine type goals that you just cannot let up. And and I thought they were so solid, even though San Jose had chances and Sporting may have gotten lucky on a few of those. I think overall the defensive effort and just the organization was fantastic. Absolutely, I mean. Going, it'll be interesting going into this week to Houston to see what they bring from the San Jose game because obviously, look, the Houston game, the last one, Sporting weren't great. It was just a, it was one of those games that just didn't go their way. Kind of was the opposite against San Jose. Everything kind of, not everything went right, but they were all working for each other. I mean, they were getting the ball in around the area to the players that can difference makers. And they got the rub of the green. So it'll be interesting to see what they bring into this game. So uh, I think it's interesting what you said about not playing great against Houston because I have maybe a hot take on that that we'll get to when we break down the Houston game coming up in just a little bit. But we're going to take a break right now because coming up on the show next, sporting legend Jimmy Nielsen will join us. We are off and running on the Sporting Kansas City Show and uh, on multiple platforms, on Facebook, on YouTube. Go to the A10WHB website. Go to... uh, Go to the to the radio station, podcast, anywhere you download your podcast, we're everywhere. Yeah, it, it should not be hard to find this show. And if it is, please tweet me at Allie Trost because I will help you find it and make sure that you have everywhere that you listen, you've got the Sporting KC show available. We'll be back after this presented by Michelob Ultra. You're listening to the Sporting KC show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And welcome back to the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Nate Bucati, Ali Trost, and Connell McCourt with you. And happy to be joined by the newest sporting legend. You know him as the White Puma. He is an absolute legend for all Sporting Kansas City fans. And he joins us from what looks to be a very exotic location. Jimmy Nielsen, how are you, man? It's great to see you. Thank you. It's great to see you as well. And I'm not any exotic place. I live in Brookside. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just sitting outside. It's a beautiful day. It's Punta Brookside. <laughs> <laughs> it looks exotic. It looks like, I don't know what kind of plants those are behind you, but they look like palm trees or something. So it looks like, uh, and you're in, you, there's actually a, a, a little bit of sunshine out today. Oh, it's beautiful right now. Absolutely love it. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about just first of all your reaction to the news, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that's been a sporting Kansas City fan that this day would be coming. But still, it's a big moment when it does. What was your reaction to the news that you are the next member of the Sporting Legends? I got proud and, and very, very happy. Uh, I think it's a sign of that. I at least did something right for for those four years. I was uh, a part of a very, very successful organization, and we accomplished some some very good things together. And when you have that success, you know, individual rewards will, will be given out. And, and, you know, people think that I deserve to be on, on the wall. And I'm just very, very, you know, excited and, and, and happy and humble about it. You know, I know I was just a part of a, a team and played a little role on a good team. But, you know, when you see those names, they're already up there on the wall. You know, it's... A lot of good players who's done a lot of good for for the for the for the history of the the club. So uh, no, it's a it's a proud moment. How did you find out? Who gave you the call? What was that conversation like to inform you that you were in fact a sporting legend? No, I had the call from from two people, uh, Robo and Sam, at the the office, and uh, uh, of course I got got happy and, and surprised and excited, and you know. 
just in this short conversation on the phone, you know, all the good memories just pops up in, in your head. And, and to me, that's what it's been, been all about those great memories uh, and the fantastic time I had with, uh, with born in Kansas city. So Jimmy, uh, we're talking 11, 12 years removed from since you actually originally rocked up in Kansas city coming from your native Denmark. Can you remember, take us back to, when you first arrived here, can you remember your first, your initial thoughts of the city, of the club, of uh, soccer in the United States at all? Yeah, that was a little bit mixed. Uh, my first experience, you know, I, I joined the team uh, in Arizona when they had their uh, last few days in preseason and uh, we flew back to Kansas City. Uh, and uh, my, my, my first really experience were uh, the guys had a few days off when they came back from Arizona and that was not what I needed. So I had a session with the goalkeeper coach and, uh, when we got to ballpark America, I thought that was the training ground. But when I got told there was the main stadium, <laughs> I got a little bit, a uh, little bit disappointed. Uh, but I'll be honest. I, I think it actually turned out to be, be a decent place. I think that the guys did a great job uh, with the whole setup there and, and it wasn't that bad. You know, it just looked bad when there was no really lines and uh, the stands looked far away from, from the field and everything. But, you know, it wasn't that bad. Of course, you can't compare it to, to Sporting Park, but uh, uh, that was a little, ah, whatever, what am I going into here? But uh, it wasn't that bad. And we're visiting with Jimmy Nielsen. And so at that time, Jimmy, if, if somebody had told you, you know, here in 11 years from now, you'll be a full-time resident of Kansas City, living in Brookside, talking to the Sporting Kansas City show because you're a legend with the club and you've won a bunch of trophies and all of that. Would you have believed it? No, absolutely not. Uh, I signed a deal for uh, only for the season in 2010, and the plan was to go back to, to Denmark. You know, I got out of Denmark just to find a little happiness and a little excitement to to play again. I played in the same league for so many years and seen the same stadiums and playing against the same players. So I thought a little little trip to, to America for a season will, will give me a little sparkle again. But, you know, I got hooked and and it was a no-brainer for me to, to stay here for another three years after the first season. Uh, I thought it was very, very exciting and, and I think it turned out to be probably the best decision I ever made in my, my career. So what changed? You said you got hooked. What, what was that moment in that year that, that really changed everything for you? Yeah, I think there was one specific moment there that changed me and, and it changed soccer a little bit in, in Kansas City as well was the, the Manchester United game. Uh, it sounds weird that a, a friendly can, can change so much, but uh, we had around 6,000 people in, in the stands and, and uh, I bet you anyone in that stadium were were coming there to see Manchester United give us a uh, election in how soccer should be played, and we ended up winning two one. I know that's not the most important, but I think a little bit it is. Uh, I think the it was a wake up call to 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 the club, and it was a wake up call to to the fans that we have a team here that can compete. Uh, maybe an, a wake up call for for the ownership too that they wanted to invest a little bit more in in, in the team and and so they did, and it absolutely paid off. You know, in 2011 we opened up the new stadium, and in 2012 we won the U.S. Open Cup, and 2013 we won the MLS Cup. So uh, it was just four amazing years on a crazy ride. We're visiting with Jimmy Nielsen, and he is the newest member of the Sporting Legends, and uh, to no surprise to anyone, um, you mentioned that that Manchester United game, and, and Jimmy, that was before I started working as uh, an announcer for the team. I was a season ticket holder, and at that time in my life, I was being described by a lot of my friends as a born-again soccer fan, like I was trying to give my testimony to everybody around me about what this club was about to do and why they should take the team seriously and why they should start paying attention to soccer in Kansas City. So apparently I was annoying a lot of people with it. <laughs> but I, I, I rounded up a group of friends and, and took them to that game. And uh, they were blown away by the atmosphere, by the fan base, and then, like you said, by the performance by the Wizards at the time. 
And my biggest memory, and my friends were all laughing because I think I'd had a couple of Michelob Ultras in me by the time the game started. And, and when that red card happened, I just lost it on the ref. We were about four rows up. And every time the ref ran by, I was screaming at him, <laughs> that, how could you give a red card in a friendly? You just ruined this because I had been telling all my buddies about what a great <laughs> opportunity this was going to be. And then I thought it was all wrecked. I thought this was going to be just Manchester United was just going to slaughter us after this because they were up a man. And it's kind of funny how sometimes the things that you, you think are the worst things that could happen to you turn out to be the best because that became a huge part of the storyline, right? The fact that you guys did what you did after that red card. Yeah. I, I think you're you're nailing uh, everything right there, uh, and I remember the the feeling uh, when Conor got the red card that, damn, that's a shame. I, I I had a good feeling here, and I could feel uh, the atmosphere changing in the stands too, like people really getting on their toes. Uh, but it, you know, my thoughts turns out to be wrong, and we just got better, and we're grinding through, and the fans were. Uh, not only excited to see shots on goal, they got excited to see shots getting blocked in, in defense as well. Uh, it was just, uh, in my opinion, I think that was the, the turnaround for, especially my time in Kansas City for, for, for soccer. So, Jimmy, I want to use this as an opportunity to segue into a really exciting thing that's happening on Saturday, and that is the first full-capacity game since last year when the pandemic hit. And you know better than just about anybody, just how electric Children's Mercy Park is when that stadium is packed and the fans are feeling it. And I, I listened to you on a podcast and you talked about the the U.S. Open Cup 2012 Eddie Johnson PK and that you've had dreams about that, the the energy in the stadium. What are those dreams like and why why do you think it's it's that specific moment that pops up? That's a good question. Um, you know, when, when Eddie Johnson uh, lined up for, for that PK, I could feel the stadium shake under me like a, a mini earthquake. I lived five years in Oklahoma, so I know what it feels like. <laughs> and, 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 and that specific moment, you know, the stage just before you go to sleep, where you're not full asleep, but you're almost there, and, and you wake up with a little pop in the body, and, and, and that moment's... Unfortunately, not enough, but once in a while pops up in, in me and, and it, it's absolutely amazing feeling. And and back to your point with uh, full capacity uh, from my own point of view, I never played soccer just for myself. You know, I played because I thought it was fun. And I think that the fans are are, are everything, you know, they're they're creating the the atmosphere in the stadium. They're bringing the intensity and uh, you win with them, you lose with them, you go through ups and downs all the time. And I'll be quite honest, I have found it extremely boring just to even watch it on TV with, <laughs> with no fans in, in, in the stands. So yep. again, I'll be honest with you, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I, I, I wasn't a soccer player during that year with no fans in, in the stands. So for me as a, uh, a soccer fan from the outside, I'm, I'm super excited for, for the full capacity again that, with all that said in mind, I completely understand you had to be safe and, 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 and not risk anything. So I'm not saying it's wrong. There have not been any fans, but soccer should be played with with fans in, in the stands. You know, they give and bring everything. And just piggybacking on that, Jimmy, you remember, obviously, the night in 2013 when you guys, I would assume, would be the pinnacle of your sporting Kansas City career when you guys eventually won MLS Cup. Can you remember? Can you remember everything from that night? How cold it was? How the fans made you feel? How the trophy felt? How how your rib, how your ribs felt? Oh yeah, how your <laughs> ribs felt as well. Could you take us back to then? Sort of explain how that was. I can, and I don't think I can swear on the radio, so I got to be careful <laughs> uh, with the words that I'm using. But I, I'm, I've always been an early morning guy, and I woke up as usual very early on on, on the game day there and walked my dog and i remember when i came out i'm like jesus this is cold and i'm from <laughs> denmark and, and, and i have experienced cold and i'm like what is going on here it was just not it was not only the temperature it was the wind too mm -hmm. you know it just went through your bones and i'm like Oof, well at least it's probably going to warm up for for the game later in, in the day but i was wrong uh, it felt like it just got worse and when i came to the stadium uh, I'll admit, I got a little bit disappointed. We're coming in, you know, from the parking lot there in the corner and walking behind the goal, and I just stepped in on the field, and it was like concrete. Mm. 
and I'm like, that's not a good combination with my bad ribs, uh, this concrete here. And I was like, ah, that's going to be, that's going to be a long afternoon here. And, you know, warm up, I, uh, I warmed up for 10, 15 minutes. Then I had to leave the, the field. I, I didn't want to take any chances or risk and, uh, diving around on, on the concrete and you get out there in the game and, and kind of hope you can forget about it a little bit, but it was cold. And every time someone asked me the question, how was the final? It was the first thing that pops to my mind was the weather. Uh, it was not lifting the trophy or, or the final PK hitting the crossbar. It was the temperature. It, it, honestly, it's the coldest that I have experienced in in my lifetime. And that just happened to be on the, on the day. But yes, the feeling of lifting the trophy and kissing the trophy and, and painting the wall that's still, of course, very clear in my mind and uh, some fantastic memories to, to have. And uh, I'm not any expert on uh, and super active on, on the social medias, but once in a while, those when those memories pops up on, uh, on your Facebook like five years ago or 10 years ago or whatever, and I, I get a reminder from, from that final, that's just an amazing feeling. Well, Jimmy, I have to say that it, it, it's a little disappointing to hear you say that you're glad you didn't play last year with no fans because I was about to invite you to play in my over-30 league team. We need a goalkeeper, <laughs> but something tells me you'd find that a little boring right now. So here's what, uh, <laughs> uh, since I was diving on the last PK in 2013, I have not kissed the ground since. Uh, that's, you know, just over for me. I'm not going to play in any... F- fun league or old man's league i know i'm old now so uh <laughs> it's 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 just over for me i uh i uh, i had my time and i enjoy watching other teams now and other players now and enjoying my own life as well it's uh that that, that i think you're making a smart decision uh by the way <laughs> nate regard. has been advised to oh, do yeah. the same and he has not taken that yeah. advice <laughs> i never got to play in front of anybody so i don't know how cool it would be you know I'm, luckily i don't have the frame of reference I'm, I'm used to playing in front of no one so um <laughs> so i'm just gonna do it as long as i can hey jimmy so l- let's talk real quick about the current team uh, because the goalkeepers are a big storyline this year as well. Uh, Tim Melia continues to to set records since he's come back from his injury. But I want to ask you about the young guy that played while Timmy was out in in, uh, in John Pulse camp. You've been obviously very active with the club and watching all these guys. He is so young, just at the beginning of his career. He got thrown into some tough situations early. What did you make of, of his performance, and what can you tell us about your perspective on him? Uh, I'm going to make it. Very clear, I'm not going to talk so much about the games. Uh, the thing that impressed me the most were when I was out there watching a training session. Uh, the eager and the hunger and the commitment he had on, on, on the field and, and the passion that he was bringing into it, uh, that was very, very impressive. And I remember I asked Peter Burmese afterwards, uh, was that just today or is he always like that? And he's always like that. Mm-hmm. And this kid has a very, very bright future uh, if he continue his development. And I know he's in, in very good hands, uh, so I couldn't see why he shouldn't. Uh, no, very, very, very eager to, to get better. And every time he crossed that wide line, he, he has a mission that he wants to get better. And uh, I think the goalkeeping future uh, are in very, very good hands with uh, for SKC right now. Yeah, I mean, the future looks bright. Sporting obviously has a, a long history of stellar goalkeepers. And Peter Vermese recently told the media, I, I believe this was over a press conference, but when he was asked about Melia and, and you were brought up a few times, you told Peter Vermese to sign to Melia right away. What did you see in him in those early days and, and you know years where that potential, which he has most certainly lived up to and exceeded, uh, what did you yeah. see? Well, uh Harry Savagny called me if uh, I was co- currently coaching in uh, Oklahoma City at that point. Uh, if we had time uh, or room to bring in a goalkeeper to to look at for Sporting Kansas City, and he was planned to be there for a week. And uh, he trained with the goalkeeper coach, and he trained with the team the first day, and the same thing the second day. But the third day, uh, I told the goalkeeper coach that I'm going to take a session with him after the, the team session and uh, I told him you can go home now you don't have to stay here for another week uh, for another f- four or five days uh, I've seen what I need to see and 
I'm going to give uh, Carrie and Peter a call and, and give them my opinion. And uh, of course, it's it's very, very positive. And uh, I gave them a call and I just showed them straight and said, if you're not going to sign this guy, I'm going to sign him here in Oklahoma City. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I just saw a little bit what, what, what we spoke about before with, uh, with Pulse Camp, uh, the hunger and, and the eager and uh, um, for him at that point not played uh, – many games and uh, just been bouncing around from, from, from team to team. I thought he carried himself well. He had a good presence. He was technically good in the goal and positioned himself well in the goal. And all he needed was just an opportunity to, to play games, to keep growing and continue his development. You know, in training, you can develop yourself to, to a certain point, but uh, you need the games to really climb the ladder. And uh, I think when, when he got the opportunity, he was just keep climbing and climbing. Turns out he's pretty good at PKs too, huh? Yeah, he's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy, I mean, that's that's interesting you say that because, I mean, Pulskamp and Melia, they kind of strike me as two different type of characters. I mean, obviously, as you alluded to, uh, Pulskamp is a bit more animated and, uh, you know, it's, you can see his passion, whereas Timmy's more subdued and, Kind of cool as a cucumber at all times. What goal? What kind of goalkeeper were you at the very start when you had obviously growing up? You'd seen other Danish goalkeepers, Peter Schmeichel and stuff coming through. He was obviously very animated. What kind of goalkeeper were you? Were you more like Pulskamp or more like Melia? Well, I think a little bit of both. I think it, it, it's very natural to be where Pulskamp is now in his age, and the older you get and the more experience you get, you know. Uh, you get some 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 tools. You get to know yourself and figure out what works for you. And uh, you're just grinding in a different way. Uh, you know exactly what you need. You know exactly what works for you. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying you 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 you're you're slowing down the pace. You're just doing it in a different way. Uh, the way you you're, you're managing yourself during a week becomes a little bit different too when you're. Uh, regular number one goalkeeper, you're the number two goalkeeper. Well, Jimmy, I'll tell you what, we're thrilled to uh, to get to share this excitement with you a little bit. I'll let everybody know again that the ceremony in which we will see Jimmy Nielsen's name go up on that wall with the sporting legends will take place when Sporting KC hosts the Colorado Rapids on June 23rd at Children's Mercy Park. Uh, you can get tickets for that match at SeatGeek.com. We want to make sure we have a packed house to celebrate Jimmy Nielsen when that happens and watch a great game against the Western Conference rival as well. Jimmy, congratulations. Thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys, and thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, let's do it again real soon from his exotic Brookside location. Brookside by uh, Arda. That's the last time I've done anything from this position here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, with the, with the weather we've had here lately, you might be wondering if it's if it's Denmark in the summertime. Does it rain this much in Denmark in the summertime, by the way? Oh, yeah. that's You never really see the sun in, in Denmark, unfortunately. But I'm, I'm lucky. I like the sun. I like the rain. I like the snow. Uh, Just not the cold, right? No concrete ground. <laughs> no, I, d- I don't like the cold combined with the wind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. The yes. wind's bad here. Well, I don't think it's going to be cold uh, when you get inducted into the uh, the the Sporting Legends Wall of Honor because uh, that's going to be on June 23rd. So it's going to be great. Hey, Jimmy, thanks again for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right, that is the legend, Jimmy Nielsen. We'll be back. We're going to talk a little U.S. men's national team. The roster is out, not for the Gold Cup that's coming to Kansas City, but for the uh, the Nations League games that are coming up. So we'll dissect that a little bit and talk about what that means for the future as well. That's right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show, presented by Michelob Ultra. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, we're back on the Sporting KC show after a nice conversation with Jimmy Nielsen. Again, congratulations to him. Get your tickets to see him uh, inducted into the uh, Wall of Legends um, on uh, on June 23rd, SeatGeek.com. Now, guys, before we uh, we get into the Houston game coming up in a minute, Greg Berhalter announces his 23-man roster for not the Gold Cup. That's going to be a almost probably completely different roster, honestly, than the one that we're seeing maybe outside of the goalkeepers for this Nations League uh, four-team you know, competition. A couple of matches coming up in early June. And I saw a tweet from our buddy Sean Goodwin from the Kansas City Star. 
as it's almost an exclusively European roster, which you can understand. We've talked a lot about all the great young European players out there or, or American players playing in Europe. There's a couple of Americans, though. One, Kellen Acosta, who will be coming to town to face Jimmy Nielsen. Actually, I, I beg your pardon. I was I had the Colorado Rapids. Yeah. And so and then um, and then Jackson Ewell, who Sporting Kansas City just played. And Sean Goodwin said, did we not just see how much better Jean-Luc Abusio is than Jackson Ewell in this last game? Is that a hot take? Should Jean-Luc Abusio, because we were talking about he got snubbed with the U23s. Now we're talking about U.S. men's national team. Is he already in consideration for that with the way he's performing right now? I, you would think so. It, like, and that's kind of where I, I do, you know, kind of have to catch myself at times. I'm like, are we seeing something that that other people aren't seeing? Is it just the answer? Is yes, there, is, by the way. But go ahead. No, but like, is there a sporting? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously, we think very differently of Jean-Luc yeah. Abusio than what you know his, you know, the U.S. national team thinks of him by, and not maybe what they think of him, but what they're showing that they think yeah. of him by by not you know including him in, in these in these games and in these competitions but like come on I just I I don't I don't get it I really don't I'm sorry I think I think John Lucabusi was streets ahead of Jackson Yule I mean and Jackson Yule's a good player and he's I know not just based on that game that that was just played but I mean you're looking at well he's putting up some of the best performances in the league not just for sporting and now Elia who's been consistent for the past few years there's now a possibility that Elia can't even get into the team in midfield because Busi was playing so well at the six. So, I don't know. I mean, it's a bit of an overlook. I think it's probably good news for us, personally, mm-hmm. because... Great news for sporting. He's not going <laughs> to be away playing everywhere else. He can be here, still playing his trade, and still working on his game. And I think that's good for us. But it's kind of... I expected to see him in and around the team, honestly. All right, so here I go being the contrarian because I've been, uh, I, you know, it's been said now that my, my man crush has gone from Beasler to Busio just like that. I'm, I'm a floozy uh, when it comes to these things. So, so I'll bring it back home a little bit here. I just think that it's too soon for Busio right now. Now, I think it's outrageous that he didn't get called into the Olympic team, and I think that was borne out. It was yeah. silly. It was silly. And an oversight by uh, some arrogance, to be honest with you, in my opinion, by the, by the U.S., uh, U23s to not call him in. He has not played at this level before. You know, I do believe what Graham Zussi and Peter Vermees has said, that he has taken it up a few notches this year. I think we saw glimpses of it up until this point. I think for his age, he's been above and beyond for the last three years. He's done, he's done incredible things. I don't think he was U.S. national team material at that time. Now, maybe U23s. I'm talking senior men's national team stuff. To then all of a sudden, on the span of seven games, say, all right, boom, you're on the men's national team roster for Nations Cup with a bunch of European players, I can understand why they might hold off. Now, the Gold Cup coming up in June, I think that's a different story. That's going to be a very domestic-heavy roster, we think. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be guys that Berhalter is probably looking at to see, are they ready to take the next step to Europe? Are they ready to take a step onto the senior men's national team? I think that's a perfect spot for Jean-Luc Abusio. Hello, right here in Kansas yeah. City as well. If he's not getting sniffed for that and he's continuing to play the way he is right now, I'll throw a fit then. I'm not ready to throw a fit yet that he's not on this team. If you ask me straight up who's better, I'll take him over Acosta Annual right now. Well, but I understand those two guys have experience. They've mm-hmm. worked their way up to that point. I understand why they're getting the nod right now. But that's my one counterpoint is that on, on this 23-man roster that they just put out, the one position group that does have the most MLS representation and the other two have none is the midfield. It's, mm-hmm. it's, the, mm-hmm. it's the offense and the defense that it's all European. and it, mm-hmm. like, So I, I guess that's when you're obviously going to compare Busio to the names that are on that list. Sure. And this list would suggest that he is fourth, if not lower, down, mm-hmm. the, down the line. I understand, and, and I agree. Like I said, I think he's better than both those guys. I think Yule, though, to defend him a little bit, he was one of the few bright spots in the CONCACAF qualifying when they failed. He was one of the only guys that stepped up, had a huge goal in that game against Honduras. Um, so I, I'm, I'm okay with it for now, for now. But I, I want to see. So one, the squad he was left out of, the one you were saying, the Olympics or the mm-hmm. honor, because, look, I don't, yeah. I don't watch the U.S. national team as much as you guys do. 
I'm not as dialed into it as, as you guys are. Was that, when you said it was arrogance, was it more European pairs that were picked in? No, or? it was, honestly, they didn't take any of those guys. Now, yeah. part of that's because of the pandemic. It was all American oh, okay. guys. Okay. But I think arrogance from not talking to the coaches in Major League Soccer about, you know, not listening. I mean, you listen to Peter Vermees. If he tells you, hey, you need to take this kid, you, you take that kid, in my opinion. And um, they, they, they were completely missing a creative number 10. They, that, they, that was by far the biggest thing they were missing, and they were missing a lot of things. They asked Jackson Ewell to play in that situation, and that wasn't the right spot for him. Um, so, But, hey, that's water under the bridge. What's done is done. We'll see. I, I, I'm just putting it out there. If Busio continues to play like this and the Gold Cup rolls around, why not? Yeah. You know, why wouldn't, what other time would you want to see this kid? Uh, because let's be honest, he's going to be playing in Europe if he plays yeah. like this. It's not, it's not going to yeah. be... And I'm not, hey, I'm not trying to rush him out the door. I, I want him right. to, I'm to win trophies here in Kansas City first. And like you said, it's good news for Sporting. We'll, we'll just, right. you know, game by yeah. game, he keeps getting better. I mean, I feel like yeah. we've seen just now, that was another question I think that, you know, a lot of people had last year. It was like, well, let's see, you know, consistent performances week in and week mm-hmm. out. And Busio, I think, had a lot of, you know, good stretches of that last season. This season, I would argue that in every position he's been asked to play, he has been one of, if not the best player on the field. And that's saying something because – in these games, post-game, Peter Vermees is talking about all 11 guys and how well they yeah. play. So if you're saying somebody's standing out among those guys, uh, that really does say something. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to break down this uh, Houston Dynamo matchup on Saturday night at Children's Mercy Park. That's right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you listening. If you're watching us, I'm going to point to the awesome video board behind us with our cool Sporting and 810 logos. Michelob Ultra is our presenting sponsor. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Guys, let's talk about this matchup coming up 730 Saturday night, Children's Mercy Park, full capacity crowd. A limited ticket still available, SeatGeek.com. For the first time, there is a section uh, where uh, mask wearing is mandated. If you feel more comfortable being in a section with masks, you can request to be in that section. Where everyone will be required to wear a mask. Everywhere else in the stadium, masks are strongly recommended but not required. And that's what's going on when it comes to the fans. It's going to be incredible to be out there, guys. All right, Connell, you made a point about how sporting maybe didn't play so well in the Houston game. First 45 minutes, I agree with you. And maybe, are, would you like to amend the statement before I even, I even say just, anything? I was just going to say, I mean, maybe I was a bit critical there because, I mean, it wasn't even as if they didn't play that well. It was just, it was one of those games where things didn't really go. I mean, wasn't that the game Johnny came out early? Yep, 20 so minutes. You know what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. And it was sort of just disjointed, the whole yep. game. And they couldn't really, like, we've seen them firing on all cylinders this weekend against yeah. San Jose. And it just, that didn't really happen against Houston. And... Rudy's a good striker. You give him a, an opportunity. He's going to take one of them. So, first of all, feel free to be critical. I mean, that's we're we're, we're caught. We're conversing about the team. We're having our opinions. We talk about it. it it's uh, no no issues there. I just I, I've been thinking about this. The second half of that game to me was when we started to see this team really start to play some of their best soccer. Mm-hmm. And it's ironic because they lost that half one nil. Mm-hmm. Right, Gadi Kina gave the ball away. It ended in. A really nice goal by Rudy. Outside of that, I mean, Sporting came out of the gates flying in the second half of that game. They made that move to put Busio back at the six in the second half of that game, and I thought the whole game changed. And the way the team has played since then has been on a different level. And I guess that's just that's my little hot take right there is I actually feel like we're talking about two games in a row of Sporting playing incredible soccer. I think it's two and a half games, and it's ironic because one of those halves they lost. So who started in the six? Was it Walter? Walter. Okay. Yeah, okay. and 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 then you know I think it was at halftime somewhere along that time. All of a sudden, I started noticing during the course of the game, Busio is is as much is playing much more deeper lying than 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 Walter is in this game right now, and the possession changed, the intention with which they were switching the point of attack changed. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the team took off. And I'm not saying that's the only reason. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of things we've covered about them valuing the ball, the possession, and all that. But, boy, it seems like that, that metronome, I'll use it again, setting the tempo. Um, and, obviously, we know Elie does a great job in that situation as well, but he was being forced to play at the center back spot. Mm-hmm. And I think they were trying to figure out, okay, how does our midfield shake out if Elie is playing at center back? 
And once they made that move with Busio in the six, it just seems like everything's changed. Well, and I think that familiarity with Elie and Busio, like Busio playing at the six right in front of Elie, who understands the six better than just about anyone. And, you know, Elie is such a quality soccer player, and, and his football IQ is just fantastic. So he can, you know, Fontas was talking about, you could really put him in any position, he's yeah. going to, to perform really well. But I do think that 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 understanding between the two of them probably helps them from just an organizational standpoint and how they combine. And I think that that has been, you know, a big positive with Elia playing at center back and then having Busio in front of him at the six. The other thing that was tough for sporting in that game is just the way that Houston defends. I mean, they were swarming Alan Polito. They were making it really hard, even though sporting did have a ton of quality chances in the second half, they just, they defended them a bit differently. And so I think that that was hard for sporting to, to, you know, really, um, you know, find the, the opportunities that we saw against San Jose where they were able to get that space and create it on their own. And, and mm-hmm. again, though, I would agree, but, you know, you got to finish those chances to have, a, to have a, a really good performance. And they were starting to find that rhythm. And I think what we've seen now was that was kind of the start. And now that's being that's yeah. translating into points and goals and a team that is, I mean, they earned every, every single um, – thing that's happened in the last two games for them. I just feel like they're going to smash Houston this time around. And and I and that always makes me nervous cuz Hey, remember the last time that La- they played at home with a full a full uh crowd. That was the last time there was a full crowd. 4 nothing. Yeah, it was 4-0 and this is a good Houston team. It's not a bad team. They're fourth place in the West right now for a reason. They're grinding out results. They have veteran mm-hmm. players um but I just think the way Sporting Kansas City is playing right now with the jam-packed Children's Mercy Park, I think they're going to come out and they're going to be an absolute juggernaut in this game. What do you think, Hong? Well, I mean, it's funny what you said, because, look, you're never as far away as you think. Like, right. sometimes you watch games <laughs> and you think you're – and you're not. You're never – sometimes you're a player or you're a, whatever a rejig of a formation, and maybe it's just clicked and that, you know, they've been refl- reshuffling, reshuffling, and then in the second half of the Houston game, move Busio back into the six. You know, it frees up other players, gives Walter a bit more of a free reign, and maybe it's just clicked. My worry is – Tab Ramos is he's a pragmatic coach. You were talking about with the game we beat them 4-0. What was the score the next time we played them? They smashed us, what, 5-2 or something, wasn't it, at Sporting? Yeah. There were so some weird games against them last season. It's I always tough. It's, it's always tough. It's, it's, yeah, yeah it's tough opponent. They split and the series last year. And certain mm-hmm. managers just work out how to play against certain teams, and they just give you hell. And Look, I, I don't expect Houston to be coming up here bombing forward and taking the game to Sporting. They're not going to do that. No, they're they're going to park the bus, right? Exactly. They're going to yeah. sit in, and they're going to try and use their... Alan Polito, knock off Max Yerudi up top to try and get to try and work wonders in and around their box. So, I'm a bit more skeptical than you are going into this second game. But look, if Sporting keep playing the way they're playing, with no reason to doubt that they could put two or three past them. That's well, what it comes down to. I mean, if they can if they can keep this up and and play their style and and impose that on other teams, make other teams come into their home stadium. I, I'm going to say that the fans are going to to make an impact in this game, and that that extra crowd noise, that energy that we were talking about with Jimmy Nielsen earlier in the show, I think that's going to play a role in this. And I just think Sporting's been just firing on all cylinders. And when you consistently keep playing that way, and not just playing that way, but getting results playing that way, that momentum, I mean, it it creates a lot of confidence. And I think habit. that team, they're like J, uh, Jacob was saying, they're possessing with a purpose, and and players want the ball. They want the ball, and they're they're having a lot of success playing the way they are. No doubt about it. But you're right, though, Connell. And the other thing is in this league is something works a couple of times. Everybody else in the league's watching it. They're yeah. going to throw something at you to try to take away what works. And we'll see if they can. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun at Children's Great. Mercy Park on Saturday night at 7.30. Get your tickets at SeatGeek. Watch us on Valley Sports Kansas City and listen to us right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. Our thanks to Jimmy Nielsen for joining us and uh, and our thanks to Michelob Ultra for making it all possible. For Ali Trost and Connell McCourt, this is Nate Bucati saying thanks for listening and we'll see you Saturday night.